Welcome to the Healthy Elkhorn Podcast with your host, Dr. Jeffrey Bukta, chiropractor, and Dr. Chris Erickson, physical therapist, talking all things fitness, wellness, and healthcare in Elkhorn, Nebraska, and West Omaha. Thank you for listening. All right. Welcome back to the Healthy Elkhorn Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Chris Erickson, a physical therapist, owner of VHS Physical Therapy Chiropractic, uh, as well as uh, inside Essential Motion Spine and Sport. And we got Jake here with us today. Dr. Anderson's here. And a very special guest, Erica Jackson. So Erica is the owner of AIM Nutrition Consulting. And I want her to talk more about, you know, her background. I mean, she has a master's degree. She's a registered dietitian. So we've got lots of knowledge and lots of expertise here. But I want to see, you know, where she came from, talk about her business and, and uh, who she kind of helps. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to Erica and let her kind of go a little bit and, and tell us about you know, what's your background in and, and who do you like to serve? Hi, thank you so much for having me. So my background, I'm going to start kind of back in undergrad. So I, growing up, I really wanted to be a veterinarian. And my last semester there, I took a, it is, it is. Yep. But you know, I, I, I loved all the animals and all, you know, that whole story. Um, and then my very last semester, I took a basic nutrition class. So, you know, like your nutrition 100 and I just, I fell in love with it. And I said, this is my jam. I love it. I want to teach other people about it. And that's kind of how I started becoming interested in nutrition and, and exercise. So then I, I went back to school, did my master's and in internship, um, at university of Nebraska, Lincoln, and, um, started kind of my career back then almost 10 years ago you know think about I'm almost done with school I just take a flyer on one little like I'm just going to try this nutrition class and see I'm like oh just change my entire like all those other things are now worthless to me and I'm going well not worthless but because there's still biology and there's still things that you have to take as prerequisites for uh, veterinary medicine so there is still benefit obviously and, and having a well-rounded um, background is important so when did you start the business in the class so you went after you got done with the master's at, at uh, University of Nebraska in Lincoln then where did you go from there to the next next step? Yeah, so my first job was working for a consulting company, and I did a lot of long-term care. I did that for about a year and a half and just realized I wasn't very, that wasn't my passion. That what I, That's not what got me excited. So then I went to work for a hospital system, a major hospital system here, and I did a lot of clinical work um, anywhere from critical care to outpatient oncology to NICU nutrition. So a lot of variety and experience there. And I really liked my experience there, but what I've found on the inpatient side of things was that, you know, doctors will say, go educate this person. You have 15 minutes to educate this person on diabetes, or you have 15 minutes to educate this person on, on X. Yeah, and right. And I, I just realized that, that I wasn't helping anybody. Right. And that's why I became a dietitian is I wanted to help people in this this just doesn't, didn't fit with my personal goals and my personal growth. So I started my business about three years ago so that I could help people so that I could talk about nutrition and food and, and fitness and, you know, get, get people excited about it. Like I am. Yeah. So how do you structure your work with your clients? I mean, obviously you're probably meeting with them for more than 15 minutes and providing more education. So how do you structure that? How, how did you transition from you know, the spaces you were in before to owning your own business and how you practice now. Yeah, that's a good question. That's what I was kind of wondering too, is how, how can you change or what do you find the biggest ways to change habits that have formed from you know, a long time? You can't do it in 15 minutes. So 15 minutes of, of nutrition counseling in a hospital setting is something they can use for a code to mark off the box saying we did it. 
but it doesn't like no one's going to change their habits in 15 minutes. It takes a long time. Um, what have you found to be the most, you know, um, useful change? And then, you know, how do you go about that with, with Jake's question? Uh, yeah, so it took a big mindset shift for me. So doing that for so many years, I started my business and it was, you know, I'm going to meet with somebody for an hour and I'm going to try to tell them everything I know and just kind of this word vomit yeah, yeah. situation and it there's, yeah, there's a lot. Like I have a lot of knowledge and I want to share it. And I thought this is great. People are just going to love this and they're going to walk away super happy. And it didn't take me long to realize that wasn't the best way to go about things. So then kind of what I had to do was slow down, kind of back up a little bit. I realized that I need to do a lot more listening than I do talking. That's very important. And I meet with people a little bit more longer term. So I started off doing kind of single session visits, you know, we'll, we'll take it one visit at a time. And now I really do kind of more packages. So depending what, on what they're looking for, I mean, if they, obviously if somebody needs to lose 50 or hundred pounds, we need quite a bit of time to get that accomplished. And I really try to focus a lot more on the behavior change and the mindset, because I found a lot of people know what to do, right? Everybody knows broccoli is healthier than French fries right? That's pretty common knowledge. But how do you actually put systems and practices into place and change your habits? The habit change part that's very difficult to once willpower will wane like a muscle fatigues, you know, throughout. I mean, as you can start maybe at the start of the day, start out pretty well and make good choices. But when you get into trouble or when you get outside of your routine, you travel, things happen, you fall back to old habits because they're because they're safe and they're well not safe they're um, comfortable. comfortable yeah you got to get outside that comfort zone and, and really and that I mean that's hard for people to do so that's a that's a revolving thing you talk about like the last couple of podcasts now is like how to change someone's mindset or commitment yeah. you got to the right, the right part is, is mindset it's not just telling them it's not just educating yeah. them on on nutritional aspects of food on what's what are good choices what are bad choices because that's that information's out there everybody can can find that and knows what, what good yeah, food is they need to be held accountable it's, and have yeah, a have changing the behavior. yeah right. how do you how do you change the behavior then on those things uh, so we focus on small goals so what i found is that by setting small goals and this i mean this is like what can we accomplish in the next seven days even what uh, behaviors are we going to change in the next seven days and eventually, those small behaviors add up to habits, yep. long-term so, so habits. So build off the small wins. Don't big long-term goals down the down the line. Hundred pounds look very daunting. Like I can't do yes. that. Like it's it's impossible. But if you say, okay, th this week you're just gonna make two changes, you know, and then over the okay, week one, week ten, week fifty-two, you're like, oh, that's it's okay. Right. So just build on small wins. Yeah. Weight loss. One of the primary things that you work with is that like, what's your number one thing that you work with? Um, so I would say two things. Okay. So weight loss, yes, and a lot of people that come to me, that's their main goal, okay. right? I say, okay, okay, you know, why did you come to see me? What do you want to accomplish? Yeah. Right off the bat, it's weight loss. But when we kind of peel back those layers, it's a lot more than that. It's yeah, about confidence. It's about it's about all of these other things. And everybody has different a different situation and different different goals. Um, so that's kind of one piece of what I do. 
Another piece is working with GI um, or gastrointestinal health. Mm. So I work with a lot of gastroenterologists. So specific conditions that people have. Yes. Okay. So a lot of IBS, food intolerances, gastroparesis, uh, those types of things. I like that when you say that, you know, easy answer for people will say, well, I want to lose weight. But if you did, yeah, you got to dig deeper and get down because otherwise they're not going to stay with it as much when it's just, when that's the why, well, lose weight's not the real why. It's, I don't like myself. I don't like the way I, you know, I, I look, I, I want to be able tired. to play with my kids because yeah. I have no, no energy. It's like, once you dig down and find the real reason, then it's much easier to say, well, this is why we're doing this. Right. You got to stay consistent. And then when they, it's, it's easier to stay on, a, on, um, on the program and, and stick with it to actually get the results when you talk about the why or dig down and find what it is. Is it mostly individuals or do you, or do you work a lot with like corporations like in a, in a, in a corporate setting with like um, wellness that way or is it usually just people find you individually? Uh, yeah, so I work with individuals. A lot of people are referred to me from their physician and a lot of people find me online. When someone calls, take me through the process of what that looks like. They call and say, hey, Eric, I was referred by, you know, Dr. So-and-so, or, or I looked up online, and I really want to lose, you know, 40 pounds. I've tried everything. Nothing works. Um, you know, you have, I'm sure you hear the same, like, excuses or, or, or fears or um, objections as to, well, I can't do that. I've tried that. Well, okay. So take me how you, kind of how you, step-by-step step what you would um, talk with somebody in the first couple of uh, visits or phone conversations. Yeah. Yeah, so usually I'll talk with people for 10 or 15 minutes on the phone just to get a, a better picture of their goals, kind of what they're interested in. And then we set up um, an initial consultation, and I take a full hour. And again, it's a lot more listening and finding out more about them. Uh, because one thing that I've learned um, since starting my business is that I don't want to work with people who aren't internally motivated. So if I, I ask every single person, how motivated are you to actually make changes on a scale from one to 10? And if they tell me that they're at a four, I say, you know what? I want to work with you when you're at an eight because people can give me all of the money in their pockets, but if they're not motivated to actually make changes, they're going to tell all their friends, Hey, you know what? I'm working with this dietitian and she's not doing anything for me when really a hundred percent of the responsibility is on them and you know that just makes me look bad so I, I make sure right off the bat that they're really motivated to take the steps and do the work and take the responsibility for their health so that's interesting as a, a couple friends of mine in school they started some online programs and one of the things that they've done to kind of combat that is they have like an application process where the client will actually have to apply to work with them when they're searching for those same things are you motivated are you truly wanting to make changes because for the reasons you said like it looks bad on you if they don't get the results that they want, even if they didn't put in the effort. So um, when people call in and you, you go through that discussion, how often are people truly motivated enough to work with you? Do you find that being a barrier to people entering uh, in a discussion with you? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I would say if somebody is motivated enough to make a phone call, schedule an hour out of their life to talk to me, I mean, I probably – sign up 65 or 75% of the people who call me okay. um, and want to work with me at that point. Once that, you know, they're at, they're at that four and you're like, hey, I want to work with you when you're at an eight, how often do you find them calling back fairly quickly or determining or making a commitment to make a, a change in their health? 
not all the time, but but sometimes. I mean, there's always those people who just think, you know, hey, if I pay money for this program, I'm going to change yeah. or I'm going to be, you know, results, yeah. right, I'm going to get the results. So if I buy these protein shakes, yeah. I'm going to lose weight or if I enroll in a gym, even if I don't go, it's going to happen. So, yeah. you know, there, there are always those people, but I think that me being able to be a little bit more choosy and say, you know what, I'm not here just to take your money. I'm here to change lives um, and turning people away. I think that in itself, just it, it gets people more motivated to work with me. Okay. So once you're working with somebody, you got them on a phone call, you got that first meeting in, can you tell us about that process, kind of where you're going? Do you have like a pyramid of things that you follow first? Yeah, so I have somewhat of a structure, but like I said, everybody's everybody's life is different. Everybody's circumstances and goals are different. So we check in every single week. I have them fill out a check-in form. We set new goals every single week. Sometimes those carry over. Sometimes those don't. Um, and I try to focus on non-scale victories. So a lot of times I have them do measure or measurements, and um, I always encourage them to do pictures. Because you look at yourself every single day in the mirror and you don't notice those little changes. But four to six weeks later, when you look back, you really notice a difference. Yeah. So, um, and I think a lot of times people are just so focused on that number on the scale and they want to lose two pounds every single week, week after week. And that just isn't how it works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of check-ins, a lot of accountability. I have a Facebook group um, for my clients for a little bit more information and accountability and kind of that um, sense of community. Okay. So do you ever do posts in the Facebook group like as, as an outreach to everybody, motivational things, things like that? Or does that all the time. All okay. the time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've kind of talked about that before before after my purpose group. But if you go to the gym or whatever, it'll take four weeks of consistent work for you to start noticing things. Another four weeks or eight weeks for your close friends and family to notice changes. And then like twelve weeks for everybody else. So we're in the world do they Amazon shipping? Everyone wants their right. results now, 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 now. And with health, with pain, with dysfunction, anything like that, you see those changes over time. It takes time to adapt. It takes time to see those changes. Do you find that people can stay motivated when you get those small victories as you're going throughout your program? Uh, yeah, I mean, every victory we just kind of build on that, you know, okay. so maybe the first week it's I'm going to get to the gym one day a week okay. because I try to make the goals very attainable so that we kind of get the ball rolling and okay. we can build on that every week. So, um, yeah, small goals, a little bit at a time. What are the most common interventions that you find yourself using? Is it, you know, drink more water? What do you find is the starting point for most people to just kind of enter? Um, so, again, it totally depends on the person, sure. but I try to let the client kind of guide okay. The direction of where we go so you know I say what changes do you think you can make this week versus me saying right I put the ball in their court because if they come up with the plan they're more likely to follow it talk a little bit do some GI stuff when you do weight loss what other services do you offer and so I would say those are the two main things I also am a certified personal trainer so if anybody really need, just needs a little bit more guidance on kind of where to go with their workouts or okay. kind of their fitness, I'm certainly, you know, fitness is kind of my, just my personal passion. It's something yeah. I've been interested in for, um, from a personal standpoint for many years. So 
I haven't done one-on-one -on -one personal training, okay. but I, I kind of help people write out workouts, yeah. you know, so, so especially, yeah, yeah, so more programming. With COVID, a lot of people were working out at home, but they really, yeah. they didn't know what to do. Right. So I, I could say, okay, what, what equipment do you have? What's available to you? And then we can kind of figure out a plan okay. so they know exactly what to do. Because a lot wow. of times I hear, I'll, I'll do it if you just tell me what to do. Yeah, right? yeah. they just want the common. something laid out that they can easily follow making, putting the stuff out there so it's easy for them. So what, you mentioned a couple of things, but what other food sensitivity type things or consequences mm -hmm. should you be susceptible to? Um, yeah, so I have a lot of people okay. with fructose intolerance okay. um, and IBS. So for both of those conditions, we do something called the low FODMAP diet. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of sucrose intolerance more recently just because I think the physicians that I work with are testing for that more often okay. and both of those diets are they're complicated they're not easy to follow with the FODMAP diet there's a lot of misinformation out there so people are, are very confused and frustrated and just kind of don't know where to go so um, when I work with those people I try to give them more than just here's your list of things you can't eat I yeah. mean that's that's what I would do in the hospital setting right, right? here's yeah. your list good you're, luck you're to you're you yeah. right Right, so I've developed a lot of additional information. Here's some recipe ideas. Here's additional websites and podcasts and Facebook groups and um, you know meal ideas and those kinds of things, so that I really can more set them up for success with the diets. Now, what testing are you sending out for, or that's playing a role in your plan for? So I don't do any testing in my office. Yeah. All of the testing is done by their physician. So. With fructose, sucrose, and lactose, those are all breath testing done by the gastroenterologist. Okay. Do you in person? Do you do virtual stuff? Do both? How does that all work? How has yeah. COVID changed that? Yes. So I was doing 100% in person okay. uh, prior to COVID, and then um, and then I was doing 100% virtual um, for a while, and now I'm able to do both. Wow. So. Yeah, so for those people who really, you know, I, I don't want to use Zoom, I don't know how to use Zoom, I don't have a computer, yeah. you know, usually for the over 70 population, but not always, I offer them to, to come meet me in the office. And sometimes people just really want that one-on-one, -on -one, yeah, which is great. Other people are like, you know what, I'm at work eight to five, but I can see you on my lunch break. So it's a very convenient way to do their appointments with me from that perspective. And then on the weekly is that something you're doing now? Are you with them online? Like, how often do you Yeah, so for my weight loss clients, I meet with them every single week. Okay. And a lot of times there is communication in between that yep. via um, texting or Facebook or those other kind of communication avenues. So I, I touch each, you know, each of these individuals at least once a week because a lot of it is that count accountability factor. Yeah, yeah. Pretend you asked it all already. <laughs> Is there anything that we have not hit on that you want to specifically mention about where you're planning on going the next couple of years as your business is growing, uh, things that are coming? Yeah, I mean, so I, I unofficially have an office um, here in Omaha, hopefully in the next 30 days. So okay. I'm very excited about that. Um, I'll be working with the local gym. And like I said, the gym is kind of my happy place. So, so very excited about that. So down the road, I would like to be at a point where I hire one or two people so that you know I can grow the business and help and help more people. I can reach as many people as possible. So for people that are interested in you know changing their nutrition, changing their health, 
what is the best way to find you? What is the best way to reach out to you socially? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Aim Nutrition Consulting, and my website, aimnutritionconsulting.com. You can reach out to me that way, and you can call or you can call or text me 402-413-1716. And is there anything else that you wanted to hit on? Before? Yeah. So I I guess one of my um, my theories is that you don't have to be perfect. Right, a, lo a lot of people right off the bat kind of have this all or nothing yeah. mentality. So I'm just gonna eat chicken breast and zucchini right. seven days a week, then, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Life happens, right? There's always an event, or you know, friend wants to go out to eat or something. And I like people to be able to enjoy life and enjoy food without being too restrictive. You know, if you eat for your goals 80% of the time. You'll get to your goals and still be able to enjoy life.